Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let's uh, go right on in <laughs> and welcome. Uh, something happened just now. Okay. Yep. We got it. Ca- uh, U.S. Coast Guard captain and founder and owner, excuse me, um, let me get let me get this correct. Captain at United Airlines. Let me w- welcome her in first. She's a captain at United Airlines. Let me welcome Miss Tamika Adams to the Karen Hunter Show. Hello. 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 Thank you for having me. Good to see you. And let me welcome United States Coast Guard Captain Mr. Marcus Kennedy. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. I'm going to start because ladies first, always on this show, Tamika Adams. Um, Thank you. So, so you like fly, fly, like you're in the cockpit, fly, fly. All right. Bessie Coleman, what yeah. inspired you to, first of all, do this? Um, and how long have you been flying? So I have been flying since I graduated college in 1996 with a Bachelor of Science in Flight Technology. So with that degree, I got all my certificates and ratings. So as you progress with your certificates and ratings, you have to build flight time. So I flight instructed, I went and um, flew um, corporate for Raytheon and for flight options. And then I finally got hired at Continental in 2006. So really it's been a journey since 1996, but I've officially been at United for 16 years now. So, okay. Yeah. Always wanted to fly ever since I was a little girl. What was it? Just seeing those planes in the sky and it doesn't make any sense. I want to be up there. I want to do that. That was. It was a large part of that, but it was also my mother lived. My my grandmother owned a gas station in Wilmington and we lived in Boston. Wilmington, North Carolina, one of the wealthiest black communities in the history of America. Come on, Wilmington. Yes. Owned a a gas station. Come on, owning. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> that was my grandmother. Yes, my grandfather passed um, when my mother was young, but she carried on with the gas station. And that's where I learned to count change. Um, and my brother cleaned the windshields on the cars. But every summer we would go see my grandmother and we would be at the gas station and we would go unaccompanied a lot of times. And I would go with the pilots and the flight attendants. And I was just being amazement, you know, and ever since then you go back into Boston and you come in right over the water. And I just thought this is amazing. Like, I'm going to hit this water. But every time there was runway, thank God. <laughs> so I just loved it and always wanted to understand more. I was in engineering, actually, and um, I did not like it very much. I took one flight and I knew I had to find a flight school. Mm. Tell us your story, Marcus Kennedy. Uh, where are you from, first of all? So my dad was actually in the Coast Guard. Um, so my upbringing, I was in different parts of the country. I was actually born in Boston, uh, but only spent a couple of months there. Uh, but I went to high school in Savannah, Georgia. So I normally say I am from Savannah, Georgia. My people, where my parents were both born and raised, is from Texas. Okay. And Coast Guard, you know, we think of, uh, you know, we think of water, you know, at least I think of water. What, what got you into flying? So oddly enough, I really did not think about becoming a pilot or aviation growing up. Um, I found myself at the academy. I got introduced to aviation as far as a career option um, at the academy, as far as a Coast Guard officer. Uh, took a test, 
the aviation batteries test and passed it. And a football coach actually talked to me about considering that as a career choice. So my choice to go into aviation was actually thinking about what I would enjoy doing the most as a Coast Guard officer. Uh, and that was definitely aviation, understanding the uh, responsibilities, understanding the missions, understanding the ability to give back to the community, saving American citizens, interdicting drugs, things of that nature. Uh, I felt like if I was going to enjoy a long career in the Coast Guard, being in aviation was what I needed to do. I um one of my missions here is to uh make the world a whole lot smaller, meaning I, I need to expose people to as much as possible. The possibilities should be endless. And I think about Trayvon Martin, who a couple of weeks ago uh would have had a birthday had he lived, uh had he been allowed to live, and Barrington Irving, who was teaching him how to fly in Florida. And so when I was talking to Al Dozier, who did the uh, tumblers for my healthy, wealthy wise, he literally etched. So those of you who get a, got a tumbler, the etching, that man did that. Um, he was like, I know some people who are flying. I was like, we have to have this conversation and get our young people exposed to because quite frankly, the best flight I've ever had in my entire life was in Africa. I took a flight from uh, Accra, Ghana to Kumasi. It was supposed to take 30 minutes. You know how we, we we fast. It was like a 20 minute flight. There was no turbulence. It was like being, in, it was literally the best flight ever. And it was like all black people. The pilots were black. Everybody in the plane was black. And I was like, what would the world look like with, with everyone being black flying? This would be beautiful. So I got to witness it. So I need to see more of us in the, in the friendly skies. I, I promise you, when I look at that cockpit and I see us, I feel safer. I don't know if it's just my imagination, but Tamika, you're shaking your head. Is there a you know a greater responsibility being a black person in that cockpit, flying United of all things? I would say that we feel the pressure to strive harder to make sure you're not lacking in any way. Um, only we understand that type of pressure, and I'm sure it comes in every profession, not just aviation. However, we, we just, you have to excel because you don't get a day where you just had a bad day. It's, you don't deserve to be here. So, and you get the side eye. So, you know, we have to have a good landing. We have to make it through training with no oops or no, no redos. And it's just, it's just what we do. And every person that I know, being the vice chair of OBAP, every aviator specifically I know does extremely well and pushes for for excellence so you should feel safer <laughs> all right what what is obap and tell us more about this organization organization of black aerospace professionals it's founded in 1976 that's how long we've been around we started off as organization of black airline pilots and it was specifically just to make them feel comfortable to have camaraderie and to you know try to build diversity since then We've grown over the years. We changed the organization of Black Aerospace Professionals so that we can include all of the other professions. So our pretty much our mission is to make the aviation, the aerospace industry, excuse me, look more like the communities we serve. Mm. And so we have multiple programs that we have for youth. Um, it's under the the um, over the umbrella of aerospace, right? So it's 
aerospace professionals in schools, nicknamed APIS, where the schools can sign up and ask for an aerospace professional and we'll provide that for the schools. This is all across of the United States of America. We also have ACE academies, which are aviation career enhancement academies in the summer. We have 30 of those. They're about a week long. They're all across the US, a lot of major cities. They're on our website, obat.org. And, and the youth learn, they're, they're 13 through 18 and they learn everything from air traffic control to Coast Guard or Army to um, going to tour um, United's um, center where they you can see how dispatch works. And so there's, they learn everything possible in aerospace throughout the academy. And then a lot of times it culminates in the end with a flight in a small aircraft. Um, wow. We also have uh, Explore Aerospace, which is a Saturday program. It's designed to get the youth involved in aerospace throughout the whole year. So it's Saturday for one hour and it's for 12 weeks. So it keeps them engaged throughout the whole year. So we, these are the ways we're trying to get to our youth so that we can get them to see us so that they realize this is possible. You know, it's been working. We touch a lot of youth every year. So. And now there's know. scholarships. There's uh, the 2022 scholarship applications open now. You can go to OB as in boy, AP as in Peter.org. We'll tweet it out and click on learn more and apply. If you have a young person, what's the age range uh, for application uh, to the scholarship? Scholarship, you need to be enrolled in a college. So there's no top um, age group, but as long as you're enrolled in a college, we can um, look at, there's so many, there's five different areas of scholarship that you can um, apply for. So just, I would encourage them to go online and look at those five scholarships. Okay. She's Tamika Adams. You can follow her at T-O-M as in Mary, I-C-A Sky at Tamika Sky on Twitter. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, Marcus Kennedy, being in the Coast Guard, uh, which is military. What What is the primary difference between what you do and what Tamika does? So um, my role aviation is really um, conducting military operations. Now I'm in the Coast Guard. It's humanitarian services. So I am not flying passengers that have paid in order to travel from point A to point B. My flying is specifically related to a Coast Guard military mission, whether that is search and rescue, whether that is counter drugs, whether that is port security, waterways enforcement, enforcing laws and treaties, um, or logistics, uh, something um, equipment or people need to get from point A to point B as part of their mission. Uh, so that's the difference. The aviation that I'm doing, the flying that I do, is directly correlated to a military mission. Okay, so you're flying the military planes and heavy, uh, t t t they're different planes, right? Um, and what oh, yeah, skill- the Yeah, the military as a whole has a whole gamut of different types of aircraft and airframes. I'm a helicopter pilot. Ooh. I fly the MH-65 Dolphin. So it is the all orange helicopter with the enclosed tail rotor. Uh, that you see flying up and down the coast. If you saw Bad Boys 2 at the end when the Coast Guard uh, aircraft shot out the engines, uh, that, is a, that is a Coast Guard aircraft. Uh, and I've actually done that mission. Of course, I didn't do it in South Beach. I did it off the coast of Panama and uh, the wow. Central America and the drug traffic zone. Uh, but 
successfully interdicted, um, you know, thousands of pounds of cocaine, keeping what, them off the streets. What'd y'all do with it? All right, I won't ask. Marcus Kennedy's here. Uh, <laughs> we're talking aviation and aerospace. Um, the craziest thing either of you have done or felt, like I think of Sullenberger, uh, you know, landing on in on in uh, the East River, you know, and that had to be like harrowing. And I remember watching that, you know. Uh, I've been on a flight that has so much turbulence that is why I do not like to fly to this day. And again, flying to Africa, flying to Africa was a great flight. Something about that reverse transatlantic uh, slave route was calming. I got there, was no problem, and then got to Africa. I was like, all right, I'm going to get on a plane in Africa. It was beautiful. What's been the most, maybe it was turbulence or near like something happened that you couldn't control or a passenger that had to be duct taped to the you know, to make a baby that happen in your, on your, one of your United flights. People are wilding right now. I'll start with you, Marcus. What the, the craziest thing you've seen? So for me, I mean, I like to think about the most memorable experiences uh, conducting aviation. I will tell you uh, two things that I will never forget. Um, I will never forget it being um, two o'clock in the morning, m- the moon shining bright, um, 50 feet off the water, maybe five, six miles off the coast of Panama. And we are tracing a um, go fast carrying drugs and having a 50 cow. Wait, pause. What is a go fast, sir? What is a go fast? I'm a civilian. I I don't know these terms. (laughs) I got you. It is a very, it's a small uh, boat that its sole purpose is to go fast. Oh, and they use they use these go fast to just carry drugs, uh, and that's the intent. It's just a simply point A, point B, fast carrying a load of drugs. Uh, so part of our operation is we fly. We have a aerial gunner sitting in the back with fifty cal uh, sniper rifle shooting out the engines, and uh, hearing that go off stopping the go fast vessel to find out that it was carrying over 4,000 pounds of pure cocaine, understanding that playing a small role in keeping drugs off the streets. Clearly there's a lot more that needs to be done. Uh, but at least on that night, uh, under the moonlight, I was able to stop 4,000 pounds of cocaine from hitting our streets. So I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. I will also never forget the faces of some of the people that I was able to save. I I had the opportunity to fly for about two weeks during Hurricane Katrina. Mm. Uh, And I'll just never be able, I will never forget picking up American citizens, a number of them African-Americans and being there for them in their time of need. Uh, So that's two things that, you know, I'll never forget. And you mentioned turbulence. I think aviation teaches a lot of lessons about life. Uh, You know, life is going to provide you some turbulence. Um, It's not always going to be clear skies uh, where you are. You're going to have to go sometimes through some storms, but through your training, through focus, uh, through studying, um, through that hard effort and understanding what your job is and being good at it, understanding what you need to do and being prepared for that moment. You understand what to do 
in those times of turbulence to still bring that aircraft safely to the runway and do the job. Uh, and I think a lot of times those are the lessons that we need to instill. Uh, don't be afraid of the turbulence because you know the turbulence is eventually going to come. Prepare for it. Be ready for it. And when that time comes, you know, um, as Tamika does, display that black girl magic or that black boy joy and okay. bring that plane into landing. You better go ahead, Pastor. Pastor Marcus Kennedy you just gave a whole sermon and I would end the interview on that, but I have so many more questions. Um, Cause as I'm looking at you with the helicopter, I'm thinking about Kobe Bryant. I'm thinking about Aaliyah and I'm also, you know, cause I'm, you know, I need to be here 120 years. I got some stuff to do. Are there questions or the ways in which civilians can arm themselves with enough knowledge to even know if a pilot is equipped to do the thing, you know, are there questions that we should be asking? Uh, are there things that we could know when we get on a plane or on a helicopter that might save our lives? Because, you know, I think Kobe should be here right now. That, that should never have happened. That point, And Aaliyah should be here. That was too much weight on that helicopter that uh, cost her her life. And, you know, that's human error. And how do we avoid that? So, I, I do have a response, but I don't want to dominate. Um, no, that, I, I, don't worry. I'm I'm a traffic. Uh, I'm really good at getting okay. everybody in, I, Marcus. I yes, got this. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I got you. I'm going to follow. <laughs> uh, yes, Kobe Bryant should still be here. Um, Aaliyah should still be here. Left Eye should still be here. Um, Michael Jackson should still be here. Uh, Prince should still be here. DMX should still be here. There's a number of people that we've lost to aviation mishaps and non-aviation mishaps. I tell people that a lot of times aviation mishaps get a lot of press. You hear about them. But I always remind people that the most dangerous thing you could do that you do routinely is get in that car and travel to some destination. Unfortunately, people die every single day on the road yet you don't think about that when you get into the car. I, I remind people that if you look at track records, aviation is a very safe community. Do mishaps happen? Of course. But they happen in every facet of life. And I will tell you that um, I say every facet of mode of transportation. Mm. I will say that without a doubt, having done this job, having studied mishaps, talked about it, I have full faith and confidence in the professionals that they have trained for the moment and that they can do their job. No matter who it is, they are qualified and they are prepared for the moment. And then I say my, I say my prayer and I usually take a nap and I'm well rested when I get to my destination. I was going to say, not while you're on the helicopter. And, you know, the difference is I, I'm behind the wheel of my car. You got my life in your hands when we're up in the air. So it's, the, the power dynamics a little different where, you know, we are literally handing our lives over to somebody and hoping that they are uh, equipped for the job. All right. Tamika Adams is here. Tamika Sky, T-O-M-I-C-A. Sky is her Twitter handle. That's not my Twitter handle. That's not what is your Twitter handle? That's what's I don't tweet. You don't tweet. Okay, so <laughs> let me remove that and uh team whoever put this on my uh information sheet, you're in trouble. 
All right. So do Damn not. It. Yeah. Don't tweet this person because they'll be like, what the hell? Who is this? All right. Whoever that is. All right. So she's not tweeting. Marcus doesn't tweet either. So. All right. Good. I, I don't want my pilots tweeting. I need you flying and reading aviation books. All right. So how do we stay safe in the air? What's the craziest thing that's happened first? Okay. So the craziest thing that has happened um, is I used to fly for Raytheon and do um, demos on aircraft for beach, beachcraft. It was a beach 1900. We flew from Kansas to Japan. What's which a beach? Is a, what is a beach? What is that? So it's a two engine turboprop airplane. That's not meant to go that far, but we had to demo it in Japan. So we went from Kansas to Canada, Canada to Nome, Alaska, Nome, Alaska to Petropavlos, Russia, and then Russia straight south to Sapporo, Japan. So it was a four-day trip. We stopped at each location overnight, but leaving Russia halfway to Japan past our critical point, which means you don't turn around, which was good because we didn't want to go back to Russia. But the windshield shattered. It was cold soaked. This was January. Wow. And you said we always do things when we're younger and you're with, you were just so happy to do it. We just kind of rush in fast. Well, it was probably minus 40 on the ground. Um, I was looking down at the waves and they were kind of just frozen there. Oh, wow. And, you know, the realization was we didn't have a polar suit. There, you know, a lot of things, my long johns probably wouldn't help me for very long. <laughs> but um, then we were talking about how we were going to explain it to the to the buyer. And as we were talking, he said, I've never seen the other windshield go and the other sh- windshield sh- shattered <sighs> as well. So we had another, at least another two hours with uh, that situation, we ran our checklist and did what we had to do. And everything worked out well. But when I went to my masseuse a month later, because we <laughs> got stuck in Japan for three weeks, and um, she said, what happened? I said, it's a long story. Just keep massaging. <laughs> now, but, now yeah. talk about, I mean, because I imagine it must be nerve-wracking. Maybe it's not. Maybe everything's autopilot until you got to take off and land. And no, it's not. What what phys- Is it a physically grueling, you know, you know, you're in a plane for X amount of hours. How, how physically... So- I, I flew the 737, which is what I'm captain of right now, the 757, which does a longer distance, a lot of international Europe flights, and the 777. So when it, uh, you're in the air 14 hours, I always tell someone, imagine you climb Mount Everest in 15 minutes. So the altitude change, the wear and tear on your body that way, it's very tiring. Um, so that's the only thing that is really, and then you're up there for a long period of time. So it's, it's exhausting on your body. You get somewhere. That's where you, why you have jet lag, but you just deal with it and um, you have fun on the ground. It oh. makes up for the jet lag. I will tell you what you can do. Go back to your previous question to help yourself, especially if you're going international. You can go on the FAA's website and make sure that when you're flying an international carrier, that they are have go by the proper regulations and that the USA does approve them for, for Americans to fly on. You the, can the do actual that. planes. You can check the planes. The airline. The, the airlines. airlines. The airline. Okay. I only really fly Delta. Let me just say that. And and sometimes United. If I can't get Delta, I'm just I'm just being honest because I feel like. But tell me, I know you give me the side eye, Captain Captain Adams. <laughs> tell tell me tell me why why that's you know I'm just looking because Delta just signed a uh, deal with Hampton. They're bringing Hampton uh, to their Propeller Collegiate Pilot Career Path Program. 
uh, Delta's getting involved with HBCUs. Uh, talk about the different airlines a little bit, and yeah, because I know you, you know, you're United, so you gotta, you know. Well, I am at United, and I will say that every airline is hurting for pilots right now. So everyone has come up with mm. the plan and a way to recruit. Um, United has gotten involved as well with Hampton, Elizabeth City State, Dell State. Um, so they're they're outreaching everywhere, every community possible, because they need to fill these seats. We have a lot of retirees, which is the same problem all across the board in the U.S. of A. Um, we have a lot of retirees these next 10 years. So the baby boobums are gone, and we don't have a lot of pilots registering to be private pilots. So that means there'll be less commercial pilots. Mm -hmm. So they realized this probably 10 years ago, and they raised the um, age limit. Um, for pilots to retire, but now they still have to deal with the problem. So they're still going into high schools. And I mean, whether it's American, Delta or United, they're definitely, and United started Aviate Academy. They have their own flight school at this point. Um, and they're bringing in, they've also promised um, to have over 50% women and minorities in their flight school. Global Aviate. majority, global majority, we're the global majority. Let me let me ask you this, uh, both of you, what's the, what's the uh, salary range? Uh, Marcus and then uh, Tamika salary range for a Coast Guard pilot. So uh, I'll say that's pretty tough. I'm a military officer. So my salary goes based off the military salary. Okay. Um, I, I do get a, um, aviation bonus pay. Um, so, you know, that gets factored into it, uh, because of the job that I do. Uh, I've been in the military uh, since graduating the academy in 2000. So I've been in uh, going on 22 years. Uh, I am a captain. I'm an 06. So my pay is kind of based off of my rank in the years in. So it's kind of tough. I haven't done the math and numbers in a while, but I will say that at this point, I make close to about $20 an hour, no matter what I'm doing day or night on the job or off the job vacation or on the clock, the money still comes. Okay. You better say that. He said the money still comes. Uh, Captain Adams, what's the range uh, to pilot a United plane? Um, a new hire first officer can make it. Well, starts around $90 an hour. And, um, once you get captain on a wide body, which like a tri uh, the triple seven or the seven eight seven, you can make around three hundred dollars an hour. So now, it's it's in between. Now compare that to the private pilots. What are they are they making that much more? What's like an annual salary for somebody if, who's a private pilot? Well, the private pilots aren't making money. You have to become a commercial pilot first in the U.S. Ah. in order to make money. So you first get a private pilot license that just says I can take up an airplane and fly. Then you have to get an instrument rating that says I can go into the clouds and fly. Then you can get a commercial rating and fly for hire. But there's only 12 things, or I, I can't, let, don't let me get to lying. There's certain things, I won't put a number on it, that you can do with that commercial license. And then after that, you can get a multi-engine rating so you can fly with more than one engine. And then you can get an ATP, when you, which is an airline transport pilot certificate approximately 1500 hours to get that, that you can use to fly for an airline. 
And that sounds all expensive to go to go get those different things, which is why you have the scholarships, which is why you have all of these programs, which is why we're going to send people over to your organization so that they cannot have to pay for any of this. And we're talking about the O-B-A-P dot org. Uh, what's what what's going on right now? Do you have something special besides the scholarships that you want to talk about today that you want to announce? Um, right now, what we want to announce, we do have. um our conference that's coming in Phoenix, Arizona, August 10th through the 12th. We're preparing for that every year. It's like our big family reunion. It's wonderful. Please come. If you're hearing my voice, come and check us out. Um, other than that, okay. you know, the scholarship, we need, we have the money. We've been given the money. We have nine full ride scholarships to Aviate Academy. That would take care of every certificate and rating you need. So, so- come. Go fill it out. O B is a boy. A P is in Peter dot org. Let me thank both of you. Captain Adams. Appreciate you. Tamika Adams. Thank you. Captain Marcus Kennedy. Appreciate you as well. You guys are amazing. I love this. And thank you. Al Dozier for setting this all up. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM urban view channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.